1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The work of the shepherds at the time of Christ's birth sometimes took them far away to remote places where they wouldn't see another human being for weeks. And because of this, they were placed under a rabbinical ban due to the fact that they would not be able to keep up regular, strict religious observances at the temple. They were kind of outcasts. How appropriate then that while they were alone, keeping watch over their flocks by night, the angel appeared to them and said, Unto you is born this day a saviour. This underlines the universal nature and heart of the gospel. It is God's message of love and redemption to the whole world. Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, anybody, anywhere, everybody, everywhere, whosoever will to the Lord may come. But it's not only universal, it's also personal and inclusive, unto you. Hundreds of years earlier, Isaiah said, unto us a child is born, that is to the Jewish nation. Whilst the gospel message is to the Jew first, thank God it is also to the whole world. This Christmas, dear friend, God comes to you and says, unto you has been born a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And thank you for joining us for a special Christmas week edition of Set Free. And we're looking at the wonder of Christmas all this week. And I think that word wonder is very well chosen when it comes to looking at the subject of what happened at that very first Christmas. Now earlier in the week we started to explore the implications of the incarnation. That God the Son took upon himself a human body and a human nature. It's both fascinating and awesome, isn't it? By that I mean that he leaves us with a sense of awe. Of course, we're limited in how much we can really know and understand, aren't we Ken? We can go so far, but no further.
1: Yeah. In fact, uh, there's a verse that describes what happened at that first Christmas as a mystery. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So godliness, he says, is a mystery. It's a hidden truth made known by revelation. Now, the problem is that sometimes devout Christians and learned theologians never come to understand godliness because they approach it with their human reason, ending up with various kinds of religious efforts and attempts at sanctification and godliness. Mm. But as we just read, godliness is a mystery that can only be revealed to us by God, and he has revealed it to us in the incarnation. Now, the Bible also speaks, interestingly, of the mystery of iniquity. Uh, Again, social scientists try to discover the keys to human behavior through research, psychiatry, etc. Now, why is it that people behave in destructive ways, both self-destructive and destructive to others? We end up with so many conflicting schools of psychoanalysis theory, but the Bible describes iniquity as a mystery. So we need God to explain it to us. And in order to understand the mystery of iniquity, we need first to understand the mystery of godliness. And that's revealed
0: to us through the birth of Christ. All right, how is the mystery of godliness explained by Jesus' birth then? Okay, well, let's start by saying, you know, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which
1: was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God didn't count it robbery to be equal with God. Or the NIV says, who being in the very nature of God. So we need to know that Jesus prior to his birth Already had a life, and that life we call deity. There's a, the divine nature. Mm-hmm. But at Bethlehem, he received something else. He received humanity. And it says that he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Literally, that means he didn't seize or snatch violently at his equality with God. Now, personally, I, I think that that could be an allusion to Lucifer, who you remember made a grab at This equality with God, he said, Mm -hmm. I will ascend into the heaven. You know, I'll be like God. I I can be something. I can do something. I can have something without God. I don't need God because I can be God. Uh, And that was the original lie. Now, when the Bible says he's a liar from the beginning, that was the lie that we can or he can be something without God. And, of course, he brought that lie to the earth. Uh, He tempted Adam through uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, "If you eat from that tree, you'll die." But he believed the lie, mm-hmm. and he ate from the tree and died, thinking that, just like Lucifer, he thought, you know, he, I can be something, I can do something, I can have something without God, and, and so he ended up with a different life form to that which God gave him, and we call that sin or flesh or self. So this is the mystery of iniquity. Yeah, it's the father of lies working in and through a person. So Paul said, this is the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. So Phil, you remember Jesus said of the Jews, you're of your father, the devil. Now, this is the mystery of iniquity. Every human being is a product of this life form. Uh Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So we come into this world under the power of the mystery of iniquity. Uh People commit sins.
0: Why? Because of sin. They have yep. a sin nature. Yeah. Okay so that's the mystery of iniquity. What about the mystery of godliness? Well if the mystery of iniquity is explained
1: by Satan at work in the sons of disobedience then the mystery of godliness is now clear to us it is the result of Jesus by the spirit of God in the work of the lives of his people. We can't produce godliness by you know the fleshly endeavors if you like. Godliness is the result of being indwelt by Christ and experience his life. You know um Paul says great is the mystery of godliness. God mm. was manifest through the flesh. Mm. That's godliness. And that's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, that's what Christmas is all about. What What happened at Christmas? Well, what was needed was for someone who was human but not a product of Adam's fallen image because we've seen that's the mystery of iniquity. Every human being, when you think about it, has its beginning by offspring or generation. You know, we, we, yep. we talk about this thing, so-and-so was begotten of so-and-so, begotten of so-and-so. That's right, yeah. So, In the womb of the mother, a male seed penetrates a female egg, resulting in the life of a human being, just like the one who gave it. That's generation or perpetuation of life. But neither Adam nor Jesus received their human life by generation, but by creation, in other words, directly from God. So Jesus didn't come into this world as a direct offspring of a human man, but by the supernatural creation of God. Mm. He was conceived in the womb of Mary, And, of course, being born of a woman was human in every respect as you and I. But there was one exception. He received his human life
0: directly from God as Adam had originally done. So I guess you could say, Ken, that at Christmas another kind of human being was brought into the world, one who was every bit as human as Adam and you and me, yet wasn't a product of Adam, therefore without sin. Yes, that's exactly what the Bible says. Uh, You know, Jesus is called the second
1: man. And is also called the last Adam. So there's two types, and only two types. You know, we're either born of Adam, or we're born again by Jesus. Now, you think about Jesus. Uh, we were born uninhabited by God, wholly inhabited by sin. That's the mystery of iniquity. Okay, Jesus was born uninhabited by sin, but wholly inhabited by God. Mm. That explains godliness. Uh, so the message of Christmas is that there is a way. To escape the sinking ship of sinful humanity. Jesus said, you must be born again. Uh, Paul said the first man, Adam, became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So when we come to Jesus, we receive newness of life. We, we are born again, born from above. That means that we receive more than forgiveness of sins. We receive life. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that you might
0: have it abundantly. Now, the life that he was talking about, of course, is his life. Mm, yeah. We we often see at this time of the year, you know, lots of baby images of Jesus. Yeah, but really, when you dive into it, it is just so rich. Yeah, and your eyes are opened as to this how this actually applies to me. Yeah, when Jesus said, "You know, I've come to give you life." That word is Zoe,
1: which means a quality of life as possessed by the one who gave it. So, coming back to this verse that we've been talking about, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest through the flesh at Christmas. That's what happens in the new birth. God is manifest through us. We receive his life, we become partakers of the divine nature and and so we can experience godliness and uh, and enjoy godly behavior. Phil I often ask the question, what does it take to become godly? And the answer is God.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't do it ourselves. <laughs> and
1: that's what, that's what happens at the new birth, isn't it? God is manifest in the flesh, just like at
0: that first Christmas. It's a special look at the wonder of Christmas this week and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.
0: This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.